Welcome to You Hate Movies, the podcast in which casual moviegoers, film lovers, and cinephiles argue about movies. Horror maestro Jordan Peele returns to the director's chair with another scary socio-political parable. But does the complicated weirdness of us stick the landing? In this episode, you'll get spoilers for both us and Peele's directorial debut, Get Out. Hey, Tyler. Yeah. Did you know this about... uh, Patrick and I that we like to watch horror movies. Yeah. How do you feel about horror movies? Yeah, they're cool. Whatever. <laughs> it's not really you can tame your enthusiasm. <laughs> I've I've not classically been a horror film appreciator, but I do appreciate quality films. He likes the movies he likes, even if they happen to be horror. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You just like Good movies. I like good movies. You're open to genres. I've had the, yeah, we've had this conversation before. My problem with horror is that I can't suspend my disbelief enough to really appreciate them. You know, sometimes it takes a lot of suspension. It yeah. takes. It need. I need. I need plausible. Plausibleness. Plausibleness. So what does that mean? You can't do like a supernatural horror movie. Yeah, they they, they lose me. I really loved the first Saw. I thought that was great. I really loved yeah, Green that, Room. It's just like kind of a detective movie. Yeah, that was the lamest one. The very first one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but it was genuinely original. All the rest were just kind of... Green Room was a believable premise. Genuinely plausible and very convincing and scary because those, those monsters were real. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Everyone loves Nazis as a monster. Yeah. Great uh, I loved Get Out. thought it was clever. Which is... It was a little more science sci-fi. fiction. Yeah, a little more science fiction than others, but still, I was still able to suspend my disbelief enough for it but I, I feel like other movies out there you know like jeepers creepers or Whoa, uh jeez we're going that low <laughs> yeah you don't have to go that bad. or what's the one with the That's mutant incestuous hills hill, have eyes. hillbilly brothers or whatever the hills have eyes killing the teenagers yeah the hills have eyes or uh house of wax no good it always comes back to house of wax <laughs> bring up house of wax <laughs> With with Paris Hilton. Yes, and I knew that was coming next. <laughs> what about some of the classics? You ever seen the original Exorcist? I have not seen it. What about the original? Should we do a first impressions? We yeah. should. What it's about the original movie. Chainsaw Massacre? Yeah. You saw that? Yeah, that's right. Oh. I like the original Halloween a lot more than that. No. No, no? that's incorrect. Oh. But <laughs> <laughs> no? Okay. What about like the recent wave of like you know, art house, A24 horror movies like The Witch. Uh, I haven't seen The Witch yet. Oh, really? You didn't see that in all no. that hubbub? Yeah, it's it's on some streaming service. I'll hit play on it soon, I guess. You liked yeah, it's Hereditary good. in a lot of ways. I liked Hereditary in a lot of ways. Which is a supernatural A24 art yeah. house horror movie. I liked It Follows. It Follows is a lot of fun until it starts to go off the rails. Yeah. Okay. So we appreciate movies. Yeah. <laughs> and ones that are happen to be horror movies, yeah. <laughs> and I, and I'm, I'm fully uh, capable of appreciating horror tropes, in a lot of ways. That's good. That's important, right? For the genre, especially for the film we're about to. So you can't of. suspend your disbelief, but you like the tropes. <laughs> uh, some of them, as a bit of film culture, I, I think. Yeah. Unfortunately, horror films, in my opinion, have earned a reputation for just being cheesy and and. And far more about the jump scares and the gore than about quality story. Well, there are a lot like that for sure. Yeah, and so the it's interesting that 
if you like horror movies or if you keep up with them, they kind of go in waves of quality and it's it's an interesting genre to follow because a quality horror movie isn't necessarily like an A24 art house horror movie those though those have been quite good for the most part uh you know most horror fans also like a movie like Evil Dead which isn't a quality movie in the technical specific sense and that's borderline campy yeah but it's it's it is what it is and it's something to be appreciated as a piece as an artifact of film culture i appreciate evil dead in the context of evil dead i think it's great yeah that's a great way of putting it in the context of evil Dead. so that's Mm kind of how horror is it's like there it there's good bad and there's good good and then there's bad bad and for a long time it felt like uh for the last oh i don't know the last three years or five years have been something of a horror renaissance where more and more direct credible direct writers and directors and studios are funding, producing, and releasing horror movies that are actually either smart or embracing their balls-to-the-wall concept in a way that's not like, you know, uh, uh, a movie for deep thinking per se, but they're really well-made films. Green Room's a great example where it's not necessarily a think piece, but it's super quality filmmaking, Mm -hmm. and it's just balls-to-the-wall horror in a way that's satisfying if you really like that genre. I feel like it's important to say that I agree it's not necessarily a think piece, although it is thoughtful. Yeah, yeah. I just mean that in terms of a movie like Hereditary is on the other end of the thing where there are a lot of deeper philosophical implications. It's out there. You have to. Green Room's a smart movie, but it's not necessarily a philosophical, like a deep, profound philosophical statement. I feel like the disconnect with Hereditary is that you're left wondering what in the heck is this is. What am I? What am I seeing? What are they saying? Uh, this is this is scary in the sense that I don't know what's happening and I don't want it to happen to me. But Green Room, you know exactly what's happening, and therefore I feel like the horror of it is far right, more. You're panicked because you know yeah, what's it's close happening. to home. Yeah. yeah, it's grounded. It's like I know exactly what's happening here, and it's horrifying. Hereditary is. I'm not sure what's happening here, but it's scary. Yeah, Hereditary is mystery, and Green Room has no mystery. It's very blunt. Yeah, and uh. And both are great examples of embracing what's great about horror movies in either direction and doing them really well. And prior to the last five years, there was like a freaking drought of horror movies where uh, the only crap that was coming out were horrible PG-13 jump scare horror movies. Oh, no, the nun? Yeah, things <laughs> things in that realm. Uh, usually supernatural teen movies. Where someone's getting stalked by a CG ghost, or which one did we see with Ethan Hawke? That was uh, Sinister. Sinister. Sinister was a bad horror movie. I'm gonna let I'm gonna let uh, Google define horror movies, recent horror movies, and it's actually putting a Quiet Place in that category. Quiet Place, Quiet Place is yeah. another fantastic example of a recent horror resurgence movie done well. Yeah, a monster movie for it's that. A monster movie, I would say less horror and more thriller, suspense. What are you talking but about? But the existence of a monster and some of the even darker—it's a monster that eats people. <laughs> it's horrifying, sure. <laughs> yeah, Suspiria is in here under horror. Suspiria goes bananas horror. That was a great. I loved Suspiria. That was a great one. Yeah, it made my honorable. This is putting Split under horror, which I don't know. There's a horror-ish. Uh, that's more in the 
thriller is just a word we assign to movies when we don't we won't let them have a seat at the a full seat table. at the horror table if they don't graduate to horror yeah or the, when the producers are embarrassed <laughs> the babadook babadook's a horror movie that was a good one yeah i liked that a lot so babadook r- represents more of the crowd of like it follows and these other movies are like oh interesting they they all are different you could argue about which ones are better and they're nitpick them but they all are like someone that actually cares is making a horror movie and that's right. really interesting right. So along comes uh, Jordan Peele, which is really unexpected uh, at the time. Uh, maybe for people in the know about Jordan Peele, it's not. But I had no idea that he had ambition to become a uh, feature film writer-director. And his first movie, Out of the Gate, which I apparently took him quite a long time to get written and finally go forward with, was Get Out. And it's a full-fledged horror movie really smart more on the uh philosophical obviously and ideological kind of yeah and socio-economical commentary yeah which is the horror you know this is the thing that i usually argue with people about when they're like oh horror movies are dumb like well to be fair historically horror movies have been kind of on the front line of making socio-political statements guised as b-movies you know the jordan peele famously credits George Romero as being one of his biggest inspirations um, who directed Night of the Living Dead as a statement about race in the 60s, you know, through the guise of it's a zombie movie. He made up the mm-hmm. zombie premise to talk about race in the United States. Right. Right. And uh, and he Jordan Peele was kind of like, wow, what a fascinating thing that you could just like use an analogy to carry an entire B movie premise and still have an entertaining horror movie. Um, and then Get Out is very much cut from that same cloth where it's making very uh, subtle and obvious statements about race. and Yeah, the, the veil gets thin at times there. It does. And, and, but he Almost does literal at times. <laughs> it gets, it gets pretty literal so. at times. But he does it in a very Romero-like way in that you can show up for a horror movie and enjoy the horror movie. And then after the fact, I don't know how you could at the, the kind of... Uh, season that we're in socially but uh night of the living dead is more so people are like oh i didn't know was it was it saying stuff and then when you're like well yeah did you not notice this and this they start to say oh okay wow yeah that actually There's is really heavy yeah. uh get out is obviously wearing its message on its sleeve a lot more but it is a good horror movie it's a good yeah, horror it's not movie. a bad thing to have happening yeah so that was exciting. It was like, oh, now this other talented new guy who comes from, you know, at least publicly more of a comedy tradition has got this other talent we didn't know about. How how fun it is to learn about some new director and be like, they're going to make some great crap, especially mm-hmm. when their first movie is an off the, you know, a success, off the chart success. Oscar box office hits. Yeah. Oscar. Director, screenwriter, best picture. So what happens when a director like that uh, presumably gets told like, dude, you did a great job. You made us a lot of money for like at this point, like an indie, uh, quasi indie studio Blumhouse, which makes for the most part, bad horror movies. And they've had a hit with him. He made them a lot of money and gave them for the first time, real film world credibility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Super low budget movies typically. So they're like, Hey, you know what? Have more money have more creative control and more uh, say over the project and, you know, do your freaking thing and you get a movie like Us. So we went to see Us. We did. Oh, no, I didn't with you. I saw it on my own. Tyler, what did you think about movie. Us when you saw it by yourself? Uh, 
I watched the trailer, so I had some some um, context for what I was about to see. Uh, but as it unfolded, I realized more and more <laughs> that maybe Jordan Peele didn't have context for what he was making. You know, he didn't. I feel like he lost his way. <laughs> I feel like I feel like maybe it's you know it's just the sophomore slump, perhaps. But he his his dedication to uh, all these loose threads didn't really weave a very appealing tapestry. Oh, okay. If I can, dang all right, all right. See, you Dang. can make metaphors too. Move over, Jordan Peele. <laughs> uh, I thought overall, uh, it's it was it was really well made, very aesthetically pleasing. The comedy hit well, but then all of the horror elements and like the whole mythology of this subterranean <laughs> clones really just did not resolve itself well. Yeah. Or explain itself well. Yeah. And I left the theater going, all right, well, <laughs> that was something. That's yep. you. As we say com- commonly around here at You Hate Movies, it was something. It was something. Patrick, what did you think about the something that was us? You know, I went and saw us. And I liked Get Out, so I was excited to see what Mr. Peel would do. And I liked the actors in Us, but I didn't see the trailer. But I was excited to see it. And I left. Um, I wouldn't say underwhelmed as much as just confused uh, bummed out by uh. sitting through a bad movie <laughs> <laughs> i didn't like the movie <laughs> i didn't i didn't feel like i was sitting through a bad movie i felt like i was sitting through a uh a poorly thought through movie i thought that for like the first 20 to 30 minutes i was like okay this needs to find itself then i was like no i'm just sitting in a bad movie yeah and now i'm kind of bored i didn't get bored because I still had fun with the, I liked the the characters and I thought the, a lot of the scenes were cool. <laughs> wow, you're reaching. Maybe <laughs> maybe I uh, maybe I was just kids. maybe I was still on the hook for longer than you thinking. Oh no, this will resolve itself somehow, but then it didn't. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, um, yeah. I I thought it sucked. I didn't like it. <laughs> I thought, uh, and it. it it was a double bummer for me because uh, I liked Get Out quite a bit, and I watched it a second time right before us, and I mean immediately before us, to kind of refamiliarize with his, his style and motifs and everything. And I liked it a lot. I liked it even more the second time. I I was not like uh, over the moon for it or anything. I was just like, man, that was really solid. What a what an excellent debut. I didn't think that it was a scary horror movie. No, not particularly scary, but I love horror films that are astoundingly original. Yeah, super original, yep. super smart, really well written, and the the pacing of the mystery reveal is, I think, masterfully done in yep. Get Out uh, because there, you know, from the setup, from the tone, the tone of the mm-hmm. aesthetics and the score and everything, that like, okay, we're going here for something bad to happen. We're going to this house for something bad to happen there. And I mean, it's implied in the name (laughs) of the film, Uh, but exactly what is the thing that keeps you on the hook for the whole movie? You're like, so what, what kind of danger is he in and and how immediate is that danger? And you really want to figure it out. And the movie gives you just enough to keep the premise fascinating without 
showing its entire hand. Right. Not until the third act do they say, here's what's happening. Yeah, and then you get a little bit of the full-blown uh, horror. I thought that that's where it kind of uh, skimped a little, where not that I it should have been over-the-top gory or explosive, but the but the breaking out of the house sequence was when it went more into it. It's like now it's a, just a full-on horror movie. Um and I thought it pulled some of its punches, but a lot. I mean, the whole thing's really well done. The acting is really great. The famous, now famous sequence of the hypnotism and the, the sunken place. The sunken place is really captivating. Both performances. Yeah. And those are great elements. Like uh, movies over the decades have elements that everyone people kind of grab onto really well. Like a time traveling teenager on a hoverboard. That's the kind of like yeah bizarre, that image that bizarre element that just works so well that that sense of the the tea the spoon scraping on the teacup and the sunken place is just something that society just grabbed onto like yes this is good imagery this is good symbolism this is a bizarre yeah, it's just a, it's a bizarre concept. landscape that yeah. works so well yeah and it's like even the characters you didn't know you couldn't tell if they were good or bad all the way to the reveal you're like is it a good good guy or bad guy like the dad yeah there was enough for us to be very suspicious of them and even the way Get Out kind of amps up to uh, the chaos, there's a scene where now we have every reason to believe that something weird is going on here because he's recognized this other guy um, and the guy that was in, uh, sorry to bother you, <laughs> that's buried under like a beard and everything. Yeah. So he recognizes him. He's acting really strange. They go inside. And then there's the sequence where we see that there's like, some kind of silent auction going on outside and that's the first time that the movie just straight up shows you they're lying about what they're doing uh right you're seeing beyond the the front that they've been carrying. yeah because up until then it you're like i don't know i mean something's really weird but we haven't seen for ourselves right because even right. the first time she hypnotizes him i was thinking is she just trying to get him to quit smoking yeah and then the movie leads you to believe that could be a possibility even though the way she goes about it seems nefarious yeah right it's but even even that whole introduction uh to this to all the people at this party the way it plays out is it is if jordan peele is just making the audience face what the black experience is in a white room you know yeah it's, like, it's miserable you're just yeah, squirming like in your seat. all these white people are being all weird and we we as the audience are like yeah they're being weird but it just feels hyperbolic in the sense that Jordan Peele's making a, a comment about. Yeah, and the bridge character is clearly like you're connecting with who becomes, at least momentarily, the victim in the story, who becomes captive right. in the story. So you're like, everything's icky and yeah. weird. But then it's revealed they're truly sinister. And yeah, and then they're awful, and it's yeah. this full-blown... And I, I mean, I like when a movie's, especially in this kind of genre, the reveal is kind of over the top. It's like they're a sinister like old cult thing that mm -hmm. takes brains and puts them cause they yeah. want to live again. And it all seems to be yeah. somehow kickstarted by this guy who got beaten in the Olympics by a black guy. And right. cause he couldn't run fat, you know, there's all this language about your superior physicality and all right. that. Um, so I thought all that was really clever and it, it resolves a lot of the threads um, in ways that even on a second viewing, you're like, Oh cool. Cause I think that that conversation about the guy losing the race um, in front of Hitler, uh, the grandfather. I was like, I, I thought that that was just a building block the first time around. The second time I could see that that was totally linked to that character's arc, the way that he ran. And that would have, 
triggered his desire to like have a superior physicality and stealing right. you know like black bodies to yeah uh so all that all that to say get out's really smart yeah, it's great it's good it's Very less good. like a horrifying horror movie and more like a now this seems uh obvious but uh, a twilight zone episode it seems like an extended black mirror or something like yeah. that. yeah 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 that's actually a great reference it could very well be a black mirror because of the technology involved yeah and it's and it worked yeah so and everybody's afraid and that of guy was society. in an episode of black mirror remember that oh yeah he was the first season oh yeah, yeah the the subterranean facility where you have to work your way up to the yep. I to love american that. i actually love that episode the all that to say i'm, I'm saying lots of great things about get out because it's hard for me to say great things about us i think i'm with Tyler that the visual aesthetic was still there from the, from the time it starts you're like it you know you begin with this shot moving in on a hands across america ad and there are all these little uh easter eggs in the frame there's a copy of chud on vhs which is a you know a classic b horror movie that's about subterranean people living so i was like oh okay and it it also started with that quote about tunnels yep and I was like, yeah. that's weird. <laughs> what? Yeah. So now you're seeing Chud and tunnels. I'm like, okay, so it's going to have something yeah. to do with people underground. As if that line at the beginning was enough exposition for us to just believe there's tunnels underneath everything. Yeah, I know. Like, you're just telling, trust us. Yeah. It's, <laughs> None that, of us <laughs> even know why it's there, but it is. Just, yeah. just, just believe it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like the quote was in there just because they made the movie and said, well, people are going to be like, why there tunnels? How can there be enough tunnels for these clones? I don't know. Put a quote at the beginning yeah. that says there are. <laughs> so to me, it, it like suffered horribly from the uh, it follows premise where you take an interest in an interesting idea and then you start to stretch it until it's just falling right. apart. Where by the end, it does not follow. You yeah, know it mean? does not follow because it didn't make <laughs> any goddamn yes. sense. So where did us go wrong? Because Get Out is a very streamlined by the end of it you realize it's a very streamlined socio-political even socio-economical commentary but is us that <laughs> is yeah. is there a message underneath i heard a uh, yeah. a pop culture commentator say that he came out of the movie and laughing and the person he was with said did we just watch a horror movie about income equality inequality <laughs> is that what it is well, I think that his whole premise is that it's about, you know, like the haves and have nots and the idea that there's these there's an entire like population of people that make privilege possible and they're kind of sight uh -huh. unseen and So we, it's it's like a giant Downton Abbey. Is that it? I have yeah. no understanding of what Downton Abbey Downton is. Downton Abbey is yeah, it's about the aristocracy, you know, carrying on but then below below i'm already bored with this why are we <laughs> talking about downton abbey below levels are all the servants doing everything and making everything oh, work there you go yes it's exactly it's, that premise it's yeah it's the it's the juxtaposition of of wealthy and servant classes us went wrong in a lot of places us went wrong as it was building up it didn't make sense uh, <laughs> the way so we we got first introduced to the the first family's clones came back to get them right and we're following them. Uh, well, no, we're, the opening is the young girl at the carnival, right? Oh, I know, I know. I'm just saying that the first time we see the real clones come back. Is no, well, the first the time we see the clone is in the weird. Yeah, but we don't know for exhibit. sure if that's a clone or if we just know if something she bad even happens. sees something real because she then she's in therapy right after that. Right, she turns around and sees her reflection, but her reflection doesn't move like her. Yeah. 
Right. That was creepy. I was into that, that, was, that opening was, I was sequence. So into it. And then even when they looked out the window and saw the family standing out there, right. I was into that too until the family started yeah, interacting. So, so it seems like, oh, this is going to be some sort of weird psychological home invasion movie. Right. Yeah, see, that, that to me was the big problem with us because they come in, you get this really long monologue, at least it felt like in the theater, when the first time that Lupita's character... Do the impression of it. She's like, Once there was a girl! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, uh, and I was just like, now, oh. Patrick, do an impression of the husband. Of, of the clone, the clone husband. husband. He yeah. just grunts, right? Yeah, do it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's not it. That was it. Gotta commit to it, man. Uh, I can't do it. <laughs> it Let was me bad. try that. Let me try that I, later. I, I honestly looked up and down the aisles when she started talking because <laughs> I was like, oh. oh. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not an actor, so what kind of, what the heck do I know? But it to me was laughable. And then she does this really abstract monologue about she's detailing her life story about how she's basically had this miserable life that is in some way a reflection of this amazing life that this other character's had. Yeah, they're tethered to Yeah, and they're tethered, and you're going, okay. Is that why they carry the scissors? Yeah, the scissors are almost like a symbolic, but also a real murder weapon. But it's because she was cutting the, like, uh, paper doll puppet things. Yeah, she stopped to do a James Bond villain monologue while cutting paper dolls. Yeah. So the scissors are meant to represent to cut that tether between the paper dolls, maybe? Yeah, so real quick before we go any further, there are just billions of these clones underground. At least in the United States. That's what we come to discover, at least when when the white family has clones show up. Right. Well, so going to the end, we figure out that there's all... Every person has a clone. Clones made by scientists to control... People? For some reason, they're down there. They're surviving, and they on all rabbits. decide to get <laughs> yeah on rabbits. Why are they, they eating rabbits? Get the same jumpsuits, the same glove. But they only wear the jumpsuits when they come up to the surface. And the same pair of scissors. So yeah, where do they get billions those? of these supplies just to get them for their adventure? <laughs> Who gave them these things Maybe to empower them, them to do this? Another th- another big problem is like the architecture of the tunnels obviously doesn't reflect the landscape above ground and they lead you to believe that like where people are standing in crap somehow has a bearing on what these clones are doing because during the carnival sequence you see people who are behaving as though they're on a roller coaster all standing in a line wasn't that the stupidest thing yeah are the how come they're not just like constantly knocking into walls or it's like, oh, uh, you married this guy, kind of. so I had to marry his clone. Like, <laughs> right. what if they just were like trying to get to each other and just don't, don't against the wall the, somewhere? The scene where the the girl was doing her ballet dance, the girl in the hallway was running into the walls. I guess so, but like they would have been like driving across the country right. and stuff. That's yeah. Like, what about the clones underground? Maybe they just sit in chairs and they just kind of. You know, <laughs> shake up and down, <laughs> shake up and down a little, like Seinfeld car yeah. sequence, <laughs> like it's some sort of sketch improv show. <laughs> See, and th- to me, this is not nitpicking because these are all bold statements the movie has made. You're supposed to be impacted by this this turnaround. Yeah, and it's not like you're like, wait, I've happening. got more questions about the minutia that the movie didn't address. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm talking about things the movie showed me. Now yeah. I have questions. Saying this, like uh, the scientists, uh, it, the the metaphor that the entire movie hangs on, to me, 
is like so hard to translate to the actual data of the movie mm-hmm. that the whole thing just starts to fall apart. And the the woman doing all the exposition is talking like a crazy person. And she, they gave her God. The exposition was painful. She did the second monologue down in the basement. And the whole time they're like trying to fight and hurt each other. So mm-hmm. this, like, she sits down and listens. Right. <laughs> like what? Get up. Get out. <laughs> if you're gonna fight, go ahead and do that. Uh, and yeah. then that clunky battle sequence that was mirroring the ballet dance. It was like it, on paper, it's like this. This sounds like cool visuals while the rabbits running around and stuff. But at this point in the movie, I'm like, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. What on earth are and we doing? So it. At any point, they could have left the tunnels, right? Apparently, there's escalators, operational escalators. They don't even have to climb stairs. Right. Escalators leading out of these tunnels. They just had to go up. So we're we're led to believe that this lady who got switched, or this girl who got switched, grew up, finally was empowered for some reason to lead the revolution to go up. Did she, like, just pass pamphlets down the tunnels to the billions of other people in the country? How are they all deciding to come up all of a sudden? Mm, and Especially and if that's hands. how she talks. Yeah. That must have been tough. Right. Yeah, that why do they want to join hands? A real yeah, pain so to organize. <laughs> you're, you're, you're talking about how eventually they kill all of their clones, and the twist is that the girl, the girl in her original encounter was switched, or the original... Right. Was sent down to the tunnels. The doppelganger the, has been enjoying the real the clone life. Clone took her place. That's why she's so silent in therapy, and they just want her daughter back. And and so now we're realizing, oh no, we've been following the clone around the whole time. So what is the implication here? That <laughs> she's in somehow terms of the metaphor. She somehow no. She somehow acclimated to life above ground. She and got learned, therapy help. Yeah, learned how to talk. Therapy helped. And yeah, and and then the girl below ground somehow forgot how to talk no they they implied that when she choked they showed her choke oh uh, they like damaged her vocal cords damaged her which vocal to me cords. seemed like a stretch i mean really that okay to that degree but just, then that is a strong when they're hit. driving in the car away and and she seems like she just realized a dark secret all of a sudden is she just now remembering she's the clone or is she just now hoping dramatically they don't realize she's the clone i think that was just for us right that was just for the audience. She's just thinking about the same crap she has been thinking about the whole trip. Right. So the whole time she's just scared that she knows that there's somebody down there who has the mind capability to come up because mm-hmm. the other clones don't. And that's why she doesn't want to go up, go to the beach but or did whatever. She, she killed her clone, right? She, she killed her clone, I mean, yeah. No, she didn't kill her clone. She, she killed, killed the, the real one. She killed the doppelganger, killed the original. At the, the end. Tunnel. Yeah. Yeah. And then, see, the other thing is that, like, there was a comedic kind of tonality to some of us that worked, the same style worked really well in Get Out, but in us, to me, a lot of it was, uh, to go back to Tyler's thing, caused my suspension of disbelief to snap, because this family didn't seem like they cared about each other very much. It'd be like, oh, okay, I'll go fight him on a boat, and then there would be jokes about being on the boat, and then it was like... All right, mom's going to go fight that lady with a baseball bat. We'll sit here. I'm like, you, yeah. everyone's dying all yeah. around you. You're not going to be like, you just clinging saw your to each other and crying. Really yeah. Hey, the kid's gone. No, they're, they're, they're over here. It's fine. Yeah. Hey, get in the car. Let's make jokes about how many people we killed. Right. And they, they subtly in the previous scenes would express their interests and hobbies and routines that would somehow play out later. 
Oh, she did cross country. Okay, run, run. Yeah, just run. And the kid in the closet. Oh, you're gonna lock yourself in there. Oh, I get it. He's gonna lock the other kid in there. And the clones didn't seem consistent either because the their friends in the other family, their clones popped into the house and killed them all quickly, instantly, yeah, brutally. Right. These guys are like taking them on boat rides to throw them in the water and. <laughs> Playing games and in the she says to the kid, "Go get your running shoes." And they go outside and start racing. Yeah, they're like just having fun. <laughs> <laughs> why? why? They've been building up to this for a long time. Yes. So you could see how, on paper, it must have looked like it's like, oh, I'm I'm thinking about working out this analogy, this kind of allegorical thing about income equality, inequality, and class inequality, privilege, and. The haves and the have-nots. The haves and have-nots. And what if That's it was That's the like only line that convinces me that it is income inequality. Sure. That's fair. So they, they're like, oh, like a Twilight zone thing. What if there's doppelgangers? And, and you could see how it'd be like, yeah, you're, you're on to something. That, would be, that sounds really interesting. But the result to me... And the, and the pacing of the movie itself is like... It spends a long time just building... Like a lot of horror movies just kind of build you up with the family and stuff. Mm-hmm. A promising opening sequence, and then a lot of family stuff. Family's funny, so they're really entertaining, good actors. And then it becomes a home invasion movie for a while. Um, and then they leave the house. But the home invasion stuff is unlike Get Out, which is slowly pulling you into the deep end of its premise, enough for you to be really entertained by everything that's happening, but also like, yeah, I want to know more about this. I want to. You're just like, hold on, now we're just gonna do the home invasion thing for an hour because. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. They leave the house and the sun comes up and now we're on another thing. Yeah, it's like this. You haven't even told me anything about the premise except for once there was a girl. Right. And it's like, what? Yeah. I'm sure. If I got bored. That's how I felt. And I feel like somebody is listening to this thinking like you're missing all the clever, you know, details that are in it to like have all the commentary. What's it, like the Michael Jackson glove? I'm sure. Yeah. But I'm just like, but it was like. What's the commentary there? I don't know, maybe like... Bad Michael timing Jackson. with that new HBO yeah, documentary. Yeah, but you didn't know then, man. <laughs> yeah, it starts with a Thriller shirt. But the movie just... It just doesn't make sense on its own merits to me. Well, I think no. that... I saw a lot of stuff going around on the internet about people um, doing deep dives into all the commentary, which I have no reason to doubt that the commentary is sophisticated in its depth and range and how like the small bits like even like uh look at this the college sweater that he's wearing that's a reference to this you know like elite school they're super wealthy yeah and i'm like okay and there's like an kind of even in a discrepancy where this family seems like they're well off they're well to do but they compare themselves to this other family who has a little bit more and they have a nicer boat and i'm like yeah yeah that's that's all really clever um be that as it may (laughs) Uh, Where do they get those jumpsuits? It ta- yeah, it's, uh, I just think if you, once you mire your movie in so abstract a concept, if you, you, you either have to play the like hyper mystery card, like it's just all so mysterious that you, it makes no sense to start asking more and more questions about it, which yeah. is more in line with something like a supernatural, th- like the witch or something where it's like, no one's gone, wait a minute, how does the devil work? You know, it's just like, well, it's the <laughs> devil, whatever. But it's bad. In this, the movie wanted to explain a lot of the details about how the concept worked. You know, there were long mm. monologues about, well, scientists did it, and it did. they did it so they could try to control the people. And it just makes you keep going, wait, what? wait, go back, go back. None of this makes any sense. Which scientists? Where? Yeah, and, wha- and how? How does this? And right. 
and they fit in tunnels, but tunnels are like so many feet wide. And what but if people bunk are beds. in a field? There's bunk beds, right? <laughs> and rabbits. And, so. and things like the jump. Where did they get these jumpsuits? And they could get up the whole time. And yeah. And what are they following the people? Are they tethered to follow the people around meticulously sometimes, but not all the times? Because the the bunnies and the bunk beds tells us that they're not right. following them all the time. Yeah, because they can't all be sleeping. You know, like people are just sleeping on top of each other because the the bunk beds it just yeah. didn't make any sense it made no sense this concerns me for mr peel because i like to get out and i was excited to see his next one and i'm sure in a couple of years another one will come out because this one is making heaps um but you know yeah, what? he should have another shot i'm not ready to give up on him yet. no no no. i'll go see the next one for sure but you know i'm also like oh man i'm even more concerned about um what's his name krasinski <laughs> Because he was like the oh. director came from a comedic background, uh, you're made an awesome horror movie. The Quiet Place. Yeah, and he's he's trying to make a sequel to The Quiet Place. Yeah. <laughs> what if what if the sophomore slump <laughs> happens to him too? It might. We got to be prepared for that. I don't. I don't. I'm not ready for it. Well, it's gonna take unless the A Quiet Place two has got a concept that is so elaborate that we're arguing about where the monsters got jumpsuits and scissors. I think we'll be okay. <laughs> Yeah. Hey, thanks for listening to You Hate Movies. Chances are someone disagrees with our negative review of us. So now's your chance to prove us wrong and really stick it to the man by leaving a comment on this episode at youhatemovies.com. And hey, while you're there, I'm sure there's lots of other incorrect opinions we've espoused along the way. Go through our back catalog of more than 100 episodes. You might as well subscribe to the podcast while you're there and take us to task on social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all at You Hate Movies. 